Hey and welcome to Short Stuff. I'm Josh and there's Chuck and we are the short stuffers who are going to talk to you about a new term for the Latina community. Latino community? See? Here's the reason for a new term. Yeah, so I remember when we did our episode on Zoot Suits. Yeah. Uh, there was, you know, we always try to keep up with the latest correct terminology right. uh, that people want to be called. Sure. Uh, because people get to decide themselves what they want to be called. And I think at the time uh, there were references to a word, uh, Chicano. Is that right? Did we do that? Did we say that? Well, we did, but we also said it in context of that's what they were called at the time. Okay, okay. Uh, and here's the thing. Depending on who you are, where you are, and when you are, mm-hmm. these terms have been uh, sort of interchangeable. To some people, some of these terms have been um, in fashion and then out of fashion, uh-huh. perhaps maybe offensive or not offensive, right. or maybe pride wrapped around a term that other people might think might be offensive. Yeah, and what's interesting is some of those terms have transitioned through all those things over time and, and geography, too. And to know all that, Chuck, is to really remember, be reminded that, um, you know, when you consider entire racial groups, we tend to think of them as like one collective whole that share all the same similarities and, and have zero differences. And this this is a, a very uh, important reminder that, no, different people consider themselves different things, even within certain racial groups. And then take it one step even further and say, oh, well, that would suggest that racial groups are actually a social and, and cultural construct, not a biological construct. And then you finally arrived at the right frame of mind to be a human being. That's right. I mean, technically, if you really um, always want to honor a person and do the right thing, you call someone um, Mexican or Colombian or Honduran or Guatemalan and get ver- or Spanish and get very specific with the country that they come from. Uh, but we uh, as humans like to um, put a, a collective name on groups of people. That's just what we've always done uh, in the 50s. And a lot of this stuff comes from uh, this House of Works article and a historian named Paul Ortiz, who is a professor at the University of Florida, which we won't hold against him. Um, but he points out that in the 50s and, and even before that, uh, Chicano was a term of derision. Yeah. Uh, but then it was kind of adopted and became a term of pride with uh, the rise of a few things, the Mexican student movement mm-hmm. in California, the farm workers movement. And people said, you know what, Chicano is a term of pride, term of self-respect. And he likened it to um, African-American and the term black, how the term black or blacks wasn't uh, very favored for a long time. And then in the civil rights movement, they said, no, black is beautiful. That's who we are and that's what we are. Yeah, I mean, like what better way to to, um, deflate the power out of a a word that's used against you than to take it on yourself and use it as a a name of pride. I mean, that's... That's just like we're podcasters. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Which has always been a term of scorn for the outside world. But <laughs> that's right. We've taken it on with pride. So, yeah. So, um, a lot when we were growing up, Chuck, um, Hispanic was always the term. I mean, yes. virtually until just a few years ago, Hispanic. But as time wore on, it went from, you know, those are Hispanic people to those are Hispanic people. And you just kind of got this idea that the term Hispanic had fallen out of favor among Hispanic, the Hispanic community. 
I, I knew that. I didn't understand why. And apparently, it's because Hispanic has been the longstanding term for the U.S. Census Bureau um, to describe people who are who um, claim an origin or an identity that's associated typically with either Spain or Latin America, Spanish-speaking countries, um, or the or the Caribbean, something along those lines. Um, and when you really start to dig into it, and you're like, wait a minute, this is the Census Bureau's kind of jumbled definition? Yes, it is, which again reinforces the idea that racial groups are not homogenous groups. They're made of a bunch of different people. It just so happens that there's a bunch of different people from a bunch of different backgrounds who claim this kind of, um, this the same uh, cultural identity. Yeah, and Professor Ortiz points out with Hispanic, he said where he lived, uh, he was raised in California in Washington State. He said Hispanic wasn't a popular term mm-hmm. uh, because of that, because uh, he said the elder and his elders in his community would say, no, this is the government uh, putting this name on us. But he said in Florida, he said Hispanic as a term was embraced by Floridians. Yeah. Right. So like I said earlier at the very beginning, it depends on kind of who you are and where you are um, as to kind of what you prefer. And that brings us to a break and we'll reveal the new mystery name that really isn't a mystery because everyone already <laughs> knows it by now, right after this. Okay, Chuck, what's the mystery name? This is basically like an episode of The Masked Singer. Oh, my gosh. Do you watch any of those? No, I'm just aware of it. Okay. They get really silly. They play those uh, during football games. That's the only reason I know about them, the ads. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, and I know it's the short stuff, but quickly, there's a new one that um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically judging whether or not you think a person can sing just by looking at them and how they carry themselves. That's good. That's great. That's a that's a good lesson to teach people that you can judge a book by its cover. Right. And then they hand them a microphone. It's like, are they do they sing crappy or not? Let's right. find and then, out. Then when they sing crappy, it suddenly turns into the gong show, I'm sure. Right. Great idea. Great idea. All right. So that brings us to the mystery word, which is uh, and there's a few ways you can pronounce it depending on who you are. Uh, Latinx is what I've always said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also say Latinx mm-hmm. or Latinx, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And I think Webster, Merriam-Webster says Latinx. Right. So you're either basically saying it as one word or two words. Paul Ortiz says it as two words, like Latin and then the letter X, Latin X. That's, that's what how, I've always said. Yeah, that's what I've always said, too. And then somebody, I don't know who pointed it out that it was that, no, you, uh, well, other people pronounce it like Latinx or something like that, rather than Latino or Latina, Latinx. And, the and whole that's point, the explanation. Yeah. The, <laughs> I mean, the whole point of all of this is that um, it's meant to be a gender neutral, totally inclusive word for people who identify as Latino, Latina, um, Hispanic, uh, Chicano even, um, however you identify, uh, that this is this big encompassing word. Um, there was a Pew uh, 
survey that was done that said traditionally, or or at least now, most people, like you were saying, prefer to be identified as Guatemalan or as Brazilian or as Haitian, um, wherever you're from. That 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 your nation of origin is your, you know, that's that's how you identify with. But there is a growing group, especially younger American-born English-speaking people who identify. Um, as what the Census Bureau would call Hispanic, um, that are adopting this term Latinx or Latinx to be to make it more inclusive, which I think is cool. Yeah, and as Ortiz puts it, he said he kind of sees it as a bridge-building term mm-hmm. uh, to kind of unite people. Uh, and, you know, it, it's up to the individual what they prefer to be called, if you ask me. Right. Um, I definitely see um, how referring to someone's country of origin can be a nice specificity, yeah. but I also see the value in people coming together as, as a whole and saying, you know, we're a big worldwide community and we are Latinx. Right. And that's meant to, apparently Latino was also, um, that was very widely used, Hispanic, Latino. Um, that was like a transition word for sure from from Hispanic to Latinx or Latinx, Latino definitely made that, that that kind of bridged those two together. But apparently Latino came to be widely associated specifically with people who um, whose country of origin is Mexico, right? And there's plenty of people from other parts of Central and South America um, who say, well, I'm not from Mexico, so that one doesn't really apply to me, which is why Latinx is um is is that bridge building term for a lot of people for the time being though it's it's got a lot of ground to cover before it becomes widely used again according to Pew right yeah I think they did a survey just this year um actually just as August so very recently mm-hmm. that is it still 2020 actually <laughs> who knows I think okay. 2020 <laughs> is now an eternal damnation year so it will be going on forever. All right. So, yes, the answer is yes. Yeah, it's been 2020 for seven years now. And uh, this survey said that about 23% of Hispanics have even heard the term. Mm -hmm. That surprised me. Mm -hmm. Um, And only 3% use it. That kind of surprised me, too. Maybe it's the circles I run in, but I've heard it a lot more than that. Well, I think one of the reasons why it seems like there's more people who adopt it is because the people who do use it tend to be the most vocal on, like, social media, the most present, the most... um, yeah, they're younger. Like, they're out there a lot more than, say, like, their parents or grandparents or even older siblings. Um, yeah, they're out there for sure. So it would they have a much larger voice. Proportion, they have a disproportionately large voice. How about that? Um, yeah. What I've seen is uh, some people are like, well, no, I prefer Latino or I prefer Latina. Some people say, well, no, I'm totally down with the gender neutral thing. But Latinx, that, that, like, X just kind of flies in the face of... Um, Spanish as a tongue. So why don't we go with Latine, an E with the accent. Is it, what's the accent called? No, I don't know. But with an accent over it. You know, you've seen it before. (laughs) I have. Um, So Latine is gender neutral, but it's also much more Spanish sounding. It's from the Spanish tongue. So maybe go with that. And I think everybody who's already on board with Latinx has just just be quiet. We're going with Latinx. X is cool. Yeah, it's totally cool for sure. It's definitely got a cool term. But I remember also when we did our quinceanera episode, we were exclusively saying Latinx, I believe. And some people wrote in and said, hey, you know, not everybody is down with that in the the Latino community or Latina community. And it was good to be reminded of that, that yes— 
when you're talking about entire groups of people, just remember, they don't all agree on everything. No matter whether they're white, black, Latinx, Hispanic, Asian, doesn't matter. Uh, They're all very different people, and we're all different when it comes down to it. We're all individuals, and uh, maybe that means we can all get along a little better. Yes, and at the very least, we can defer to them, for goodness sakes. Yeah, when you meet somebody who you would say, oh, this person is of uh, Latinx heritage, you could leave it to them by saying, it's really great to meet someone of... <laughs> yeah, and, and then let is. them fill in the, <laughs> in the blanks. Exactly. So uh, there you go. Go forth and think about things a little more and stop pigeonholing everybody, okay? Okay, Short Stuff Then is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.